and you're expected to be responsible for these children, but you cannot expect to be respected by them. Right. And that is very hard to accept. Yeah, because you think I'm an adult and you will respect me. You're listening to the Nacho Kids Podcast, where we discuss all things step family related. Real stories, real people, real help. Your hosts are the creators of the Nacho Kids Method and the Nacho Kids Academy Step Family Coaching Team, Lori and David Sims. Welcome to episode 192 of the Nacho Kids Podcast. It's coming out quickly. It is. It is. I'm so excited to reach 200. We're going to party? Like it's 1999 or whatever. (laughs) Like it's 200? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, y'all, in case you notice, David's a little sickly. He has the COVID. I got the Rona. He has been quarantined upstairs for today's day five. Oh, wow. Yep. We need to train the dogs to take you food without eating it, though. <laughs> hmm. Yep. It was funny the other day, he took one of the dogs and shoved something under the collar and was like, go up there. <laughs> <laughs> the thermometer. Yeah, and so she comes up there like, what is this thing on me? <laughs> yeah, get it off, Daddy, get it off. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. So I've been quarantined and trying to stay busy and not go insane because there's a lot of stuff I need to be doing and I can't do it. <laughs> well, at least you're upstairs where you can still work if you feel like it. Yeah, yeah, I've been getting... Well, I say I've been getting a lot of work done, but I have this, you know, the normal brain fog stuff that happens. David, you had that before. I know, but now I got something to blame it on. Yeah. But I I do catch myself writing, whether it's text messages or emails or whatever, and go back and read it. And I'm like, what the crap? (laughs) (laughs) Like, what is this word? Or, you know, I misspelled it some crazy way. I'm like, typically I'm a lot more... Uh, detailed and accurate than that, but I've I've been catching a lot of crazy stuff lately. So I can't say I'm productive as much as I'm keeping myself busy. Well, I have to quit typing Facebook messages or emails without wearing glasses. Uh Uh-oh. What did you do? Well, I'll type two, and it'll be like something besides two. You know, just little simple errors. But enough to make me look stupid. <laughs> I don't know. The way people do the voice to text now, a lot of people look stupid. Well, it's funny. Um, <laughs> I had actually sent a text message or a Facebook message to this guy about gutters, right? And and so I could tell that he was doing talk to text because he said, calling her now to remind her. <laughs> yeah, instead of remind her. Yeah, instead of remind, remind her. her. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then Ethan's girlfriend, God love her, she's teaching me all kind of little abbreviations because I'll send her something and she'll reply, no problem, with just NPL. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I usually just do NP, but yeah. I'm, well, maybe it said NP. I didn't have my glasses on. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, okay. Or she'll send me all kind of stuff, and I'm like, I have to translate it to my brain. But anyway, I want to read something today. Before we start talking about our podcast guest, it says. No, it doesn't say. It reads. It don't read. (laughs) Okay. 
The text reads, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) I just wanted to say thank you. I learned about you a few years ago during probably one of the hardest years of my life. Newly married with a stepdaughter and a very complex bio mother situation. I spent that year holed up in my room reading books and listening to podcasts about step parenting. I have come a long way since then and can see the light now. Your approach has been instrumental in that transition. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. Oh, makes me want to cry. It don't cry. It does. It just it touches my heart so much. Like it really does. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you know. That's why you do it, darling. That's why we do it, David. And you do it because I make you. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, speaking of, we've actually had several couples sign up for the Nacho Kids Academy lately. I've noticed that. And I'm very excited. I'm I'm excited for them. It's it's interesting that we see these cycles where people join the academy. Sometimes it's they're joined by themselves. Sometimes they join together. Sometimes they join by themselves and then bring the other one in later. But they're figuring out that they get in there, and oftentimes we hear, wow, I've been following what you guys have been doing for a year or two years, and I've been in the Facebook group, but I didn't realize what it really was until I got in here and I took the Nacho Kids Boot Camp Challenge, mm-hmm. and I watched some of the courses, and I joined the Q&A calls. Um, that's when they start putting all this together going, wow, this, this is a lot more than I knew about. A lot more things to do, a lot more things to consider, a lot more things I have to learn how to approach differently and how I approach it differently. So it's it's a huge difference. And then they say, oh my gosh, I can apply this other places. I know. Yeah. I know. It's crazy. But that's the cool part about it is that, you know, these are complex situations. We're complex people. Just like your your um, message that you read, the lady was talking about how complex of a situation she's in. And so if you think it's just disengaging, you've missed out on 99% of what you have to do afterwards. You can't just disengage and that's all because you still have the problem sitting there waiting on you when you try to re-engage. Right. (laughs) And plus, a lot of people, when they disengage, they're like, well, I'm just pushing it under the rug and not dealing with it. No, no. It's called festering. Yes. No, that's not what you do. (laughs) But that's why we teach the Nacho Kids Boot Camp. Yeah. You push it under the rug, what you're doing is you're building more resentment. That's all you're doing. It's like a volcano is going to explode. Yeah. That happened so to me the, once. Anyway. The volcano exploded? <laughs> I was the volcano. Oh, you was in the bathroom? No, I exploded on you. <laughs> Gosh. I'm about to do it again. All right. Calm down, Mike Sir Helens. Look, I've been down here for almost a week by myself taking care of muddy puppies in the rain. I'm not a happy camper, and I'm tired and my head hurts. But I don't yep. have the vid. I will say, though, I'm I'm trying very hard not to ask you for things because it is very much like you're at my beck and call. And I'm, so You're doing good. I'm, I know. Finally today, I'm like, honey, can you, I need some clothes. Like I've, <laughs> this is like the third day in a row I've already David, clothes. David, don't can tell I, people that. <laughs> can I get some clothes? I don't think it was really the third day. No, it was, it was not. But anyway, um, so then you'll say, hey, you know, if you're hungry, let me know. And I'm thinking to myself, I could use a snack, but I don't want you to have to go get it and then do all that and bring it to me and, and treat me like I got some kind of dreaded disease. It's like taking care of another baby. 
like handing it to me with some kind of snake catching pole. Yep. I'm trying not to get too close to you. <laughs> and I've sprayed everything with Lysol that you might have could have touched. I can tell because all the puppies start choking and sneezing. <laughs> sneezing and everything. <laughs> Poor babies. Anyway, our guest today is Stepmom Shelly. Stepmom Shelly has been blending for seven and a half years. She has four bio kids and three stepkids. Hmm. That makes them have a family of nine. Nine. Yeah. Nine. Most man, most vehicles aren't made for nine. They stop at eight. It's usually an eight-passenger vehicle. I didn't even think to ask her that. They range in ages from 25 years old to 13 years old. This is her fourth marriage and his third. I'm just not going to say anything. Good job, Dave. Because it, it won't be appropriate no matter what I say. <laughs> They both have, quote, quote, babies that they brought into the blend. You know, the child, the youngest child. Oh. So it would be if I had more than one child, say Jackson was the baby, the youngest of my kids, Mm -hmm. and you didn't have triplets because that confuses everybody. But say you had another kid after triplets, then all of a sudden you've got two, quote, quote, babies coming together. Who's the baby? Yeah, no, yeah. Who's who's the youngest? I, I mean, I wouldn't want to get promoted to not the baby. <laughs> <laughs> promoted to not the baby. Yeah. <laughs> She's had mixtures of different kinds of step parents for her kids. What? <laughs> she has had mixtures of different kinds of step parents for her kids. Okay, you have to explain that one. So, like, they've had a stepmom that was cool, a stepmom that was crazy. On the other side. Yeah, for her kids. Okay. Yeah. Oh okay. Lord, the vids get so you, her, David. So, so her ex has introduced her kids to multiple stepmoms. Well, she's got three. She's got three stepmoms. Three exes. Right. How many kids she got? Four. So, do all four go to everybody's house? No. <laughs> oh my gosh, Shelly, I'm sorry if you're listening to this. <laughs> well, you know, we've had people say that, like they have. They have a kid, sometimes it's a bio kid, and they want to go to the ex's house with the stepkids. <laughs> well, remember when Jackson wanted to go to your ex's house with the brothers? Yeah, I know. We're like, what? I'm no. like, no, no, that's not a good idea. <laughs> Why can't I go over there? No, I don't even want them going over yeah. there. Much. <laughs> and then he's like, well, can the brothers come with me to my dad's? We're like, no. <laughs> it's best I to know. keep things the way they are. <laughs> Yeah, I can see that happening. I'm going to send my four kids over to your ex's house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. She was a stepchild herself. Surprisingly, she raised her kids differently than her current husband raises his. Most people do. Well, heck, I don't know if we're talking about the current husband or the other ex. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Shelly. <laughs> she probably raised them different than all the ones before. Yeah. Yeah, that applies to everybody. I know. Hey, Shelly, if you ever marry a man named Henry, and he's the eighth one, you can call him Henry the Eighth. <laughs> no, she's done. <laughs> this is it. This is it. And surprisingly, she went through a custody battle with one of her kids. That is surprising that you didn't go through with more than one of your kids. Yes. And here's the thing. We forgot to talk about that a whole lot. So I have her on later in another episode to discuss the court crap. And we talk about everything, 
and maybe 10 minutes of the court crap. <laughs> she got a lot going on, folks. A lot going on. Her stepdad was allowed to discipline her. How'd that go? She didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a shocker. Her and her husband split up for 16 months and got back together. Oh, wow. That is a shocker. I told her, I said, why'd you split up and get back together? If I'd have left, I wasn't coming back. She said, because I loved him. Oh, you would have come back. Don't lie. I wouldn't have, David. I, I love you, and I loved you then, but Lord, no. I was not uprooting my son after I just sold my house and doing all that again. No, no, no. You've been back. Nope. Nope. You've been back for you've been back for the love. David. <laughs> All right, folks. Let me get the sick man off the <laughs> he's a sick man in many ways now. Let me get him <laughs> off of here so we can get to listening. All right, let's do it. You sounded kind of sexy there, David. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Today we have stepmom Shelly. Hey Shelly, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Good. So tell us a little bit about yourself, how long you've been blending, how many stepkids, bio kids. I have actually four biological children. Three of them are adults now, and I just have one left at home, and then I have three stepsons. I have been a bio mom for 24 years and a stepmom for seven and a half. Okay. So we have uh, five boys and two girls, and they were all teenagers at one time. <laughs> Except for the little one. So it's it's been quite an adventure. Okay, tell us their ages. They are 25, two 23-year-olds, 20-year-old, a 19-year-old, a 21-year-old, and a 13-year-old. Wow. Yeah. You've had your hands full, ma'am. It- <laughs> and you came in at the teenage years with the first one. Uh, yeah, I did. The first one, he was barely 16 when I met him, and the youngest stepson had just turned 12. So, yeah, it was three teenage boys and two teenage girls. And then my oldest son was just coming into being a teen as well, and then I had a six-year-old. So, Wow. So which ones are yours? Sorry to make this more convoluted, but I'm just curious. (laughs) Okay, so... My, I have two daughters. One is 23 and 21. Mm -hmm. And then I have two sons. They are 19 and 13. And then my stepsons are 25, 23, and 20. Okay. So the 19 and 13 year old, are they from the same marriage as the 23 and 21 year old? So they actually aren't. I have the... So the 23-year-old, I got ma- I was married very young. I was only 16 when I married the first time. And so she was my first husband. And then my second husband are the middle two, which would be the 21 and the 19. They have the same father. And then we guy is my third marriage. So okay. we've, been, we've been in and out of that. <laughs> <laughs> How many marriages has your husband had? This is my current husband, three. Mm-hmm. This is his third. My fourth, his third. Okay. We don't have any biological children together. Right. So you met your significant other, your now significant other, and he's got three kids, mm-hmm. and you've got four. Yes. Did you think that coming into this blend would be like the Brady Bunch? 
That's funny that you say that. I actually used to do blended family small group for the church that we went to. Mm-hmm. And the poster that I had put up for that was the Brady Bunch scenario with all of our pictures. So <laughs> <laughs> essentially, I kind of did think that. And things started out great, but they don't always end great. So, or, or sometimes in the middle, they get kind of washy. So it it was... The expectation, I guess, was definitely a little bit more excitable than the result, for sure. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we knew it was going to be difficult having seven children, but yeah, we didn't know exactly how difficult. So, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like you expect it to be a pretty hard downpour of rain, and instead, it's a tornado, a tsunami, a typhoon, all that stuff all together. Oh gosh, it it is. And and everybody has different personalities. And then you've got, they click. They even get in their own little clicky groups where, you know, these two and this one will be best buds. And then they hate on the other ones. And then they'll switch it up. Mm-hmm. And then they'll switch it up again. So, you know, and of course, one of the bigger challenges between uh, us was his baby boy and my baby boy. Because, you know, now coming into this blended family where he was the baby in the family, and we all know that the babies are, are just, we're, we spoil them. We don't understand why, mm-hmm. but we do. So they tend to kind of get away with, they get away with things that most kids don't. Mm-hmm. You know, the older ones, we would not have tolerated that. So coming in and, and transitioning his baby to my baby being a baby was, that is, and you know, to, to this day, they still, they still have the little Who's got the bigger muscle match going on between them? (laughs) So, yeah, it's that was one of the worst parts of this was uh, I had no idea, I guess, how much I spoiled my baby and he spoiled his Mm -hmm. until we matched our families. So that was wild. But yeah, and that's like you talk about you spoil the youngest Mm -hmm. and you don't know why. It's the same mm-hmm. thing as guilty parent syndrome. You don't know why you let that overpower. I don't want to say what you want to do, but you let it overpower your decision. You may feel like your child needs to be put on restriction for a week. And instead, you're like, well, you're getting ready to go to your dad's this weekend. I don't want to you know, do that right before you go. But we give that guilty parent syndrome so much weight in our decisions and I'm guilty of it. But one thing a lot of step parents don't realize is that the bio parent is guilty of it also. Oh, we 100% are. We are. And and with all of the kids, you know, having been in embarrassingly enough, three marriages at such a young age and having different families coming in and out of my children's lives, You know, I had a mixture of stepmothers for my kids. I had one that was fantastic and great. And then I had one that was just absolute nightmare, (laughs) you know, and then, um, and then me being a bio mom and then having, I was, I was, I will say this. I was very blessed to have a bio mom for my stepson that was not intrusive. She was not a, what we call a baby mama you know, where she just has to have everything her way and and tries to to keep tabs on the husband and all that. She was very just cool, calm and chill. You know, we definitely are not best friends. And 
you know, don't agree on everything, but we have never had problems. And I was truly blessed to have that. But I wanted that because I had that horrible experience with my kids having a nightmare for a step parent. But you do get, getting back to that, you do get guilty parent syndrome for all of them. Yes. All of them, no matter what their age is. And then people come in, you know, the step parents come into the kids' lives and they're like, well, so-and-so, you know, just hypothetical Mary didn't let me have chocolate at eight o'clock like you do, mom. And you're like, well, let mama just fix it, Mm -hmm. you know? (laughs) And, and then you're like, (laughs) so there's a point where you got to realize though, that like so many of the podcasts I've listened to of yours, what goes on in mom and dad's house, uh, mom and stepmom's dad and stepmom's house is up to them. And what goes on in yours is up to you. So, but I am the world's worst. I will not even lie. I am the world's worst guilty parent syndrome, be it my kids or my stepchildren. Like, I'm so bad. Just give me them puppy dog eyes and and it's done. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It is done. (laughs) Yeah, because I was thinking when you were talking about that, we do have guilty parent syndrome for the stepkids sometimes because they may have it harder at the other home versus your kid or your kid doesn't have as good of a relationship with their other bio parent as the stepkid does with their other bio parent. And so there can be a lot of jealousy when you start looking at those things because you're comparing. And it's the same thing as comparing your step family to a nuclear blend. They say comparison is the yeah. thief of joy. It also clouds your view to where things just don't look as bright. That's absolutely true. That is absolutely true. And you know what? The bad the the whole bad thing about that whole situation is that we all do it because we do go into creating families, whether they're biological or they're, you know, blended families, we go in with expectation. Mm-hmm. You know, we really do. We go in with expectations. You know, we, we meet this person and we fall in love and, and we, in, in a sense, fall in love with their children too, because that is an extension of them. And, and we want things to be perfect. You know, we kind of do want things to be Brady Bunchy, you know, mm-hmm. and everybody just mesh in and, and, everything work. And that is the unrealistic part of the whole situation because that is never going to happen. <laughs> like it's, it's going to be good. Sometimes it's going to be bad. Sometimes it's going to be tornadic. Sometimes it's going to be elation at sometimes, but there are so many different roles that play a part in how your blended family turn out. And I think that everybody that is involved in blended families kind of just get not intentionally, but we do kind of get absorbed with what we are used to in our systematics. Mm-hmm. So it makes it difficult for sure. <laughs> it does. No, you mentioned something about you may fall in love with your stepkids as well. And yeah. I cared about my stepkids and I didn't want anything bad to happen to them when I first married David. But I don't know that I love them until after we went through the whole process of the crap we went through. Because they hated me, and I hated them at one point. And I know that's horrible to say. Don't judge me. And Oh, no. <laughs> it's just, it's hard. It is. My situation happened opposite that, actually. My happily ever after was in the beginning when Jason and I met our whole family meshed like we had been together our whole lives. 
it was insane. I, I, and, and let me just go back though. I never wanted to be a step parent mm-hmm. and I know I'm probably going to get a lot of hate for that, but I didn't. In my mind, I had four children of my own. I did not want to deal with having been through, you know, my kids having step parents and, and the bio situations and whatever. I didn't want to deal with a baby mama. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> I didn't want to deal with any drama. I didn't want to be a step parent. I wonder if anybody wants to be a step parent though. I don't think anybody goes into life wanting that. Right. No, not at all. Now you can, now I'm, I'm, I, I do meet people who are like, Oh yeah, it was the greatest. And I love, I love this child just like I love my own. Honey, no, you don't. Yep. You don't. <laughs> I don't care who you are or where you come from. You don't. You will never love a child like you love your child because you have not just that emotional love for them. You have a physical love for this kid mm-hmm. that you don't have. It's an emotional attachment that you do not have with any other human being in this world. Now that doesn't mean you can't love your stepchildren. I love my stepson. Right. I don't like them, but I love them. Right. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes I don't like my kids, Right. but I love them, mm-hmm. but it's just not a comparison. I'm sorry. Right. You say what you want. It's just not, yeah, it's not a comparison. But my situation happened opposite yours. I, you know, we meshed so great. It was perfect. Everybody got along. It was, you know, like a dream come true, soulmate situation. Like, <laughs> oh, I guess we were supposed to be together this whole time, and our kids just did so great, and we didn't have any drama from either side of of either party, and it was fantastic. And then, you know, going into raising five six teenagers at a time mm-hmm. surrounded us and, and it put a strain on our relationship that I've never had any, at any point in time in my life. It was the hardest thing I have ever gone through. And I've been through some pretty difficult things in life, but six teenagers, all of them doing different things, going in different directions, having mood swings and, and <laughs> puberty and hormones and, one day they're your best friend and crying on your shoulder. And then the next day they hate you and they don't want anything to do with you. And it's, it was definitely a movie needs to be made. A movie needs to be made. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that experience because it was insane. It so, is. But you know, it just, as time went on by for us, for, for Jason and I, as the kids turned, you know, into adults and they, they've gone their own way and gone to school and gone to work or whatever, that's where now our relationships have fallen off. Yeah, they tend to go more toward the bio parents sometimes. Now, there's been phases where David's kids came to me instead of him or before him or something like that. But it seems like the older they get, the more the contact is with the bio parent. And as like Branson said, one of my stepkids, you're an extension of my dad. Right. And I said, well, that kind of hurts my feelings because I want to be me. And he said, you know what I mean? I think he's going to tell you stuff. And Well, and, you know, I kind of always wondered how they, they viewed me. But then I was a stepchild, too. And I just kind of try to remember how I viewed my dad's wife. And, you know, she was very, very nice to me and very giving. But she wasn't my mom. Right. You know, and, and, it, and I made that very well known. So I try to keep that. You know, that that kind of in the back of my head, like, well, you know, you went through this, too, and you remember the attitude you had. But here and again, where I'm at in life now, where my stepchildren are grown adult men, mm-hmm. one of them is 
have in a serious relationship and, and then another one just got married and then the younger one is in a serious relationship. So they are grown adult men. They live on their own. Right. So, but you know, being there when you need them. One of the things I was going to tell you is uh, the expectation of being a, with a, with being a step parent, there's an expectation. Okay. Mm-hmm. You're expected to be responsible for these children. You come into this family and you're expected to be responsible for these children, but you cannot expect to be respected by them. Right. And that is very hard to accept. Yeah. Because you think I'm an adult and you will respect me. Right. Mm-hmm. And a lot, and, and I was raised in the South, obviously, I'm sure you can hear it in my, in my accent. We were raised to respect our elders, whether they respected us or not. That's just how we were taught. It doesn't, you know, this, this day and age, you don't get respect until you give it with kids. But my generation was respect elders. Who cares if you like them? Yeah. It doesn't matter. It's respect elders or you're going to die. Exactly. <laughs> Parents back in our day didn't mind putting the fear of God in you. Well, and they were allowed to. But it, yeah. And, you know, here we go in this day and age, you're not even allowed to look at them sideways. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's a whole different conversation. Yeah, we probably don't need to go down that path. Yeah, it's man, Mm -hmm. just wild. But there's this expectation that you you have to take care of these kids. They're not yours, but you have to take care of them. But it's going to be too much for you to expect for them to respect you because they're not. There's going to be times where they come to you, like you said, and say, my mom did this and my mom did that. And, you know, she hurt my feelings and nah, 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 nah. and you're going to sympathize with that child. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be like, well, I'm sorry to hear that buddy or, or sweetheart or whatever, but that's your mom. You know, like I told my stepsons, there was never a situation where they were being physically abused. Now that's also a different conversation for a different time. We're not speaking about actual abuse, drug abuse, physical abuse, things like that. That's a different situation. But then just coming and saying, well, my mom wouldn't go to the school and get my beanies that I wore all week, even though the school told me not to to wear them. Right. So can you do it? You know? Mm -hmm. Okay. I mean, I can do that. But I'm also, I was also that parent that was not going to allow you to, you know, talk a lot of smack about your mom and get in on it. Mm -hmm. You do have those type of step parents that are like, they get in on it because they want to be liked. They want right. to be on the same team. They want you to be on their team. They want to be liked, so they're going to eat into it. But I'm going to tell you right now, having been a stepchild, having stepkids, and being a bio mom who have stepmothers, I never did that. I never got involved in that. I would say, I'm sorry that you feel that way. I can understand how that hurt your feelings. And I can understand how you feel the way that you feel. But that is your mom. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people show love in ways we don't understand because that's how they were shown love. Right. But your mama loves you and you guys will get over it. She'll come back around. I never disrespected their mother, even though I didn't always like her ways and I didn't like how she treated the boy. Sometimes I never disrespected her because that was not my place. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, if there was something serious going on with those kids, that was their father's place to step in and say, okay, look, this is enough. Right. Something's got to change. It, right. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and it's my job to stand behind him, beside him, and say, I'm here for you. Right. Because when you overstep your boundaries as a step parent and you try to come in like a bull and say, okay, we're not going to let the mom do this and we're not going to let the mom do that, honey, you're going to get knocked down. 
Yeah, you are. You just you're gonna get knocked down. You're gonna get knocked down by her. You're gonna get knocked down by her family. You're gonna get knocked down by your spouse, and you're gonna get knocked down by these kids. And that's just not where you want to be. Yeah. That's what happens a lot of times. Divorce happens. Did you feel like a lot of times that in your role as a stepmom and a bio mom that you almost had to have split personalities? Oh God, yes, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. And there go again. I didn't necessarily raise my children the same way he raised his. Right. So, yeah, absolutely. And my kids had privileges his didn't, and his had privileges mine didn't. Yeah. And, yeah, you do have to have split personalities. You do. And I, and it's exhausting. Well, let's talk about that a minute, about raising your kids differently. Because people seem to think that that cannot happen. And that it's not fair to the kids. and that it's just, there's, it's wrong. <laughs> it's just wrong. I disagree. Yeah, I don't agree with that at all. So how did things work with your kids? Did they say, well, they get to do things we don't, or his kids say that? Or what did you say to him when he said, well, I don't think your kids should be able to do this? Well, you know, that was something that we did not, like I said, big family, we didn't anticipate all the stuff we would go through. Right. And we didn't sit down and have conversations about how we were going to raise these kids together. We didn't do that. I highly encourage people to do that, but we didn't. And there were times where his kids would come and say, you know, dad, Shelly's kids get to do this or, you know, mom, Jason's kids get to do this or whatever. My answer to the children was always, well, your mom and your dad are the boss of you. I'm not. So whatever decisions your mother and your father have made for you, that's the rules that we will go by for you. And whatever decisions I've made for my children, those are the rules we will go by for my children. Right. So long as nobody is hurting one another or no one is harmed, then that's perfectly fine. Right. As, like I said, physical abuse, that all that kind of stuff aside out of this conversation. As long oh, as yes, always. You know, Nobody is being hurt. I'm more allowing, a lot of parents don't like this about me either, but when my kids turned to teenagers, I kind of let them be more expressive than normal parents do. You know, if they felt like they, they have all these hormones, females and males have all these hormones going on. They don't know who they are. They're very confused. They're trying to find themselves. They go through the little phases of, oh, I want to be a football player. Oh, I want to smoke cigarettes and vape. Or, oh, I want to do this. You know, <laughs> I never allowed my kids to smoke cigarettes, obviously, but or do anything to hurt themselves. But I might let them say a couple of cuss words if they needed to express themselves. You know, get it out. Express yourself. Get it out and let's move on. Jason didn't allow his children to cuss. Yeah. You know, and so so they would come to me and say, well, you know, your daughter gets to cuss. Why can't I cuss? Can you talk to dad? Nope, I can't, son. I love you. These are the rules I have for my kids, and these are the rules that he has for y'all, and we just have to respect your parents, and y'all are just going to have to respect mine. And, and, and it worked. It did. It worked for us. Mm-hmm. They didn't back talk. They didn't make a scene about it. And when... They got comfortable enough to talk to their dad about, you know, hey, well, maybe we can try doing a little bit of stuff like this. And their dad thought, oh, well, maybe this is beneficial for them to be expressive or whatever. Then they started trying it. But you have to just stand your ground. Bottom line, whatever rules the the bio parents make for those kids, you have to respect it. End of story. 
Yes. Whether you agree that it is parenting or not. That's right. It's not your job to agree with how your stepkids are parented by their biological parents. It's not your job to agree. Right. It's your job to support your spouse. Yes. Because just because I feel like it's so important for new step parents, be them women or men, coming into relationships with people who have kids to understand that just because your husband or your wife does not love their spouse anymore in a spousal manner does not mean that that opposite parent does not still love their children. Exactly. So you don't get to become that kid's new mom. Mm -hmm. You're the new wife, but you will never be the new mom. Exactly. And and I think a lot of people get that misconstrued. They think, oh, I'm coming into this ready-made family. I'm going to walk into here being the mother of this household. No, you're not. You're going to walk in there being a fantastic friend and a fantastic co-parent with your husband. You are not the mom and you are not the dad. And it does not matter at what capacity that other parent does that you do or do not agree with. That child is always going to love that parent no matter what. And you have to respect that and you have to feed it. Right. You have to. Now, David and I, neither one of us co-parented with our exes. Really, I guess if anybody did, it was him more so than me. And of course, he and I don't co-parent. So, you know, like parenting is not really that big of a part of our relationship together. And you know what? It doesn't really have to be. Mm -hmm. It doesn't. Obviously, there's a certain degree of parenting that you both do. You know, you're not going to let his kids stick forks in the electrical socket and just be like, oh, your kid. Okay, let me yeah, let me ask you this: What if his kids smoked pot (laughs) and you didn't want your kids to be around it, and it was illegal in the state you're in? Then they wouldn't do it in my house. Yeah, they wouldn't be doing it in my house, and that would be a that would be a conversation between their father and I. Hey, if you want to allow your children to do this, I love you as your spouse, and I support your decision, even though I don't agree with it. I support your decision because that's, but I don't want it in the house. Number one, it's illegal. And you're putting all the other kids in this home at risk of being taken out of this home to appease one child. That's not happening. Right. There are some times that you do have to put your foot down. There are some situations where you have to think of the family as a whole, as opposed to just appeasing to one or two people. You do have to do that. Mm -hmm. And you might come off as being the ugly, evil stepmother, but you have to do it. Well, it's just kind of common courtesy. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I had a, I have a bet. My best friend and I talked about not long ago when one of her sons was a teenager, he was smoking pot in the house and she had asked him multiple times to stop doing that. And he just raged. And she's like, look, I love you, son. But if you can't stop doing that, you have to move out. Yeah. Because I have, you know, you have a younger siblings, you're putting everybody in this, in this house at risk. Is there not some kind of way you can go down the street or find a friend or whatever it is you need to do, just keep it out of the house. Was that her stepson or bio son? This is, yeah. Her, these are her bio children. She doesn't have any stepkids. Okay. But yeah, that's her own bio son. So you can imagine, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we talked about having the same rules earlier, but. Yeah. Can you imagine a step parent saying that to a stepkid, how that would go over? Well, I mean, we didn't have that type of situation in my house, but we had other situations where I had to say some things I didn't necessarily want to. Like what? But, well, (laughs) we have different ideas of what's clean and what's not. And 
as a woman, I'm sure you know that most of us are OCD mm-hmm. about the things that we're OCD about. Mm-hmm. And I'm extremely OCD. So I, I had to learn a lot of patience with blending the families and, you know, understanding myself that my OCD is not their fault and it's not their problem. Right. But then we also had to compromise and them understand that, hey, Shelly's having a full nervous breakdown in the living room right now because there's been a there's a you know there's two sink fulls of dishes and she just worked 48 hours yeah you know straight so like compromise you know there has to be and but the biggest part of that is that your spouse has to support you on that and that was one of the things that me and my spouse had a problem with in the very beginning when we started having complications because like I said everything meshed perfectly at first Mm mm-hmm yeah, and ours wasn't really bad at first. It was about year two things went to crap. And I know it didn't happen overnight, but Same. it was it was pretty good the first yeah. year, year and a half, I guess. Then for six months, it started going to crap. And then two year, about two year mark, it just went to doo-doo. That's, yeah, that sounds about right with us. It started kind of going to doo-doo for us when the kids started getting old enough to, and, and the oldest moved in with us. Well, how often did you have the stepkids during this time? We didn't even ask that. I'm sorry. Uh, no, it's fine. We had them every weekend. So their divorce decree had us having them every single weekend. So every weekend. Yeah. Every weekend. We were supposed to have one free weekend a month, but we never got that. Mm-hmm. They always came. So we, we had them every weekend. What about your kids? I had, okay. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> so I had custody. Of, yeah, this is a whole nother wormhole. I had custody of my oldest and my youngest. Uh-huh. Okay. My middle two children at the time when, when Jason and I met, we were, I was going through a custody battle with them, with their dad. That was the nightmare stepmother that I was telling you about. Mm-hmm. She was the one who came in and said, if I have it my way, it's going to be me and your ex-husband and these kids, and you're going to be out of the picture. And sweetheart, she did everything in her power to make that happen. Mm. So it that was just, that was a nightmare. So, you know, we had a shared custody situation with my middle kids. And so during the beginning of the relationship for the first four years, because we know that custody battles can take forever, mm-hmm. we had a uh, custody battle going on. So... And and I had moved, my kids lived about an hour, 15 minutes away from where we currently lived at the time. So it was me getting my kids on the weekend. And then it went from that to me going to the town that my children lived in to visit with them on the weekends. Why? Could write a book. I I could write a book (laughs) because that's what the stepmother wanted. Yeah. She made life very hard for us. It went from me having the kids full-time, my children full-time, right, to her deciding, you know what, I don't want that, and filing court papers and hiring private investigators, and not that there was anything going on. There wasn't anything going on, but it it was, I was a single mom of four children. Yeah. They had a two-family income. You see what I'm saying? I, I didn't have the money to hire a lawyer. They'd never paid child support to me. So, you know, I didn't get that. (laughs) Go to court without a lawyer, you don't win very frequently, so. Yeah, well, I know people that have started groups to try to change that, like how to teach people to represent themselves pro se or 
help them to understand mm-hmm. the legal system as far as what their attorney should and should not be doing kind of thing. But yeah, and that sucks. The, the oldest do- uh, father lives in a different state, so she didn't go anywhere on the weekend. She stayed home. And then my youngest father got involved in a lifestyle that, that was inappropriate for him to be involved in. So he didn't participate in his life either. So single mom of two kids with no bio dad in the picture at the time. <sighs> got it. Yeah. And then two children that, you know, we were in and out of the court systems for, you know, four or five years over. So, yeah. And then three stepkids on top. (laughs) So what's your relationship now with the kids that you had every other weekend or whatever? Oh, my two middle children. Yeah. I'll be completely honest with you. And I'll tell you that the relationship I have with them is it's, it's a struggled relationship primarily because of, the lies that they were, they had been told when I tell you that this woman would go to great lengths, she, uh, oh man, I can't even, (laughs) and for legal reasons, I'm not going to say some of the things that she did, but just know that she went to very great lengths to try to make me out to be a monster staging things, pounding into my children's head. Yeah. Yeah. It just insane, crazy and then, you know, we end up finding out she does have some, some some mental issues or whatever, again, because of legal reasons, I can't get into that either. But, you know, the kids are grown now and, and I'm not, but it was hard. She she made life very hard for us. She was a very insecure person. She was one of those people that I guess just could not handle that she had married a man who had children with someone else. Right. And I'm not a perfect person. Don't get me wrong. I'm definitely not. But I tried as hard as I could to try to befriend her to a capacity of of trying to co-parent with her and us all try to mesh we went to I set it up to where we would meet once a month and the four of us would talk about you know the problems that we were having with the kids or the good things that were going on with the kids and that went well for a little while and she didn't want to do that anymore so then I scheduled you know actual licensed counselor appointments for us all to go to so that we could try to learn to communicate better and be co-parents and, and do what's right for this kid, for these kids. And she decided she didn't want to do that anymore. You know, so mm-hmm. it was just, it was hard. A roller coaster. Lori, it was very hard. Yeah, it was. And that's, and that set the precedence for the type of step parent I knew I didn't want to be. <laughs> yeah. I didn't, I didn't want to be that. I didn't want to do that to those kids. My kids suffered greatly at her hands. They're, they're very emotionally challenged now Mm -hmm. they don't know how to get close to people you know it's hard my my kids are going through some hard things as young adults now yeah because of that so you know i advocate for for stepmothers and biological moms yes because it's hard on both ends yes it's hard to be a parent period yes but i will advocate for both sides i can't yeah you're right no one side is, is greater than another that we all have our challenges mm-hmm. so but yeah it, it's it's a struggled relationship at the time my my oldest and my of course my youngest still lives with me he's 13 and we have sole custody of him but and my oldest is 23 and she lives you know a little ways away from here in a major college city so she's doing her thing and, and starting to travel and all that good stuff so cool yeah okay i'm confused your first two kids, age-wise, are one dad's, right? Mm-mm. My first child is 
My first husband. Okay. My second two children are my second husband's. And then you're. And my third child is my third husband. Okay. Girl, we hear about people having a bunch of baby mamas, but we don't rarely, I mean, we rarely hear about a bunch of people having baby daddies. <laughs> Child, look. <laughs> <laughs> and people pick on me, and it's funny. I'll laugh with you. You know, I get it. But people also have to understand that I was married off at a very young age. Yes. I was only 16, and it was not because I was pregnant. Mm-hmm. I just, I didn't have anybody. Right. You know, I, I moved out of home when I was 14 years old. I left home. I didn't have a safe space. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a loving environment. Yeah. And I didn't have, you know, my, my parents were going through some hard things themselves. So, and I made the decision that it was best for me to, to eject myself from those situations. And so I was just a kid, you know, I was a child. I had no business being married. It was so funny because when my oldest got 16, I was like, <laughs> I was married when I was your age and I cannot fathom you being married. Right yes. Now. So Yes. So we just always kind of discount that as, you know, the first two were a mistake. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you were just practicing. We were, I was still too young. Yeah. Yeah, I was practicing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I look back Major at my first marriage that, and I'm like, mm, no, I was way too young to get married. Yeah. You should have to be 30 to get married. You literally need to be. Like, it is just. I think that's a good age. I'm watching these kids grow up. Yeah, it is. It's a perfect age. And I'm watching these kids grow up these days. And and I'm I'm thinking my oldest is 23. At her age, I had been married twice and had three kids. Wow. At 23. Yeah. I cannot imagine her having three kids and having been married twice. You can't imagine her having one. But, honey, (laughs) can I not? Uh -uh. I'm telling you. She's still a kid herself. She still calls and asks me to make appointments for her to go to the doctor. (laughs) So, it's wild. Yeah. So you haven't hit the grandparent phase yet. Not technically, but. Not I technically. What? <laughs> no. Okay. So my aunt passed away. My cousin was 13 when her mother passed away and I kind of adopted her. Okay. As my child and uh, took her in and, and she lived with us and whatever. And so she's in her thirties now and she has a baby and I call him my ungrand baby. Your ungrand baby. My ungrand baby. Yeah. And he's five. He just turned five. Actually he turns five tomorrow. So but yeah, I, I get to experience a, a, a pre grandbaby situation with him because we do consider her our adopted daughter and, right. and he's my and he calls me Gigi. You know, I'm his Gigi. Yeah. So <laughs> But no bio, no no little biological grandbabies yet. Yeah, well, you know, we've got two now. How is that? Because I am just so okay, let me ask you this. Is it do you have biological grandkids with your your bio kids or no, with my son's seventeen and my stepkids are twenty four, okay. twenty two, twenty two, and twenty two. Okay. Okay. And the twenty four so year has old child? has a child and he's a year old and then one of the twenty two year olds has a child that is currently a month old. So how does that work for you all, not being the bio grandmother of that? Do you guys have a good a good plan in place, or is that something that is a challenge for you? You know, it's weird. I think at times when I, I love the babies, I love them. Like, I love them. Do I think I love them like I would my own grandkids? I don't know. I don't have my own grandkids. I'm thinking not. Yeah. 
I'm thinking yeah. I'll love them with every ounce I can, but you get a couple more ounces for being bio. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you do. And I'm not you saying that, that out of disrespect you know, people, or at all. Oh, of course not. And like I said, I love my grandbabies. They're gorgeous little sweet bundles of joy, heaven sent. That's great. That's awesome. I, you know, one of the things, one of the conversations uh, I'd had with the with the nightmare stepmom was that she had told she didn't have any children when she married my ex husband, and she told me I never thought that I would get married and I wasn't going to have any kids. I was going to adopt children, so you can't tell me that I wouldn't love my adopted kids as much as you love yours. And I said, I mean. Yes, I can, because you won't. You know, we had a lady on recently that adopted kids, and she said she doesn't mm-hmm. love them like her own. And to me, that was even, I guess, I don't want to say shocking, because I get it 100%, mm-hmm. but it was something I hadn't considered, because I'm thinking you chose this kid, but it's still not the same as your bio kid, your own flesh and blood. It does something to you. It does. You literally, it is scientifically proven that your kids obviously carry your cells. Yeah, they're half you. connected to that child. Right. Yes. You didn't just, and you know, for mothers, and I'm not discrediting fathers because I will be the first to tell you there are some serious deadbeat moms out here these days. I know a few. Yes, ma'am. But mothers have a connection to a child that no one else gets to experience because we didn't just grow this little physical body. We grew a soul inside of us. Yeah. So there is a connection with that a mom and a child have. I can just look at my kids in their eyes and know exactly what they're thinking. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like you just, as a mom, you just have this connection that is just unexplainable to your kids. And I was talking to someone not long ago. My mother is a twin mm-hmm. and she explained to me her whole life that there's no connection with anybody, not even her own children, like she has with her twin brothers. Really? And that, yes. Well, that would make because sense. They're, they're the, yes. There's not even a comparison to your own kids. Not that my mother doesn't love her kids. She loves me just as much as I love mine, but that's that unexplainable twin connection. They are literally pieces of the same person split up. So there's just some type of connection that twins have that nobody gets. Right. And that's the closest thing that I can compare to a mother and a child's connection. Not that a father doesn't have his own, but, but it's different with a mom. Right. And, you know, I've thought about my relationship with my dad versus my relationship with my mom. They were day and night. Mm -hmm. I did not intentionally create those different relationships. They formed on their own. My dad and I have a deeper connection in some ways than my mom and I do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, and I would, I'm kind of the same way. I was a daddy's girl. My dad was a rambling man. He and my mom split up when I was very young. I think I was only like one. And now that song's going to be in my head. <laughs> Rambling <Yeah>. man. <laughs> he, he popped in and out of my life whenever he pleased. But I loved that man. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I loved that man like I've never loved anything in my entire life. Mm-hmm. And the relationship that I had 
with the love that I had for my daddy was not comparable to the love that I have for my mom. But let me tell you why. And I have learned this because of my own children and my own situations. Mm -hmm. I yearned for my father's love because I didn't have it. Right. I knew my mother loved me. Right. I didn't put as much effort into the relationship that I had with my mother because I knew that when I fell, she would pick me up. Yep. What I needed to know was that if I fell, he would too. Right. So in order for me to find that out, I had to be around him. I had to be present. I had to present myself. Mm -hmm. My mother accepted me in all my darkness and my nastiness and my greatness and my perfection in my attitude, whatever, my mother accepted me, but I needed my daddy too. Mm -hmm. So I was always a better person for him. Right. And I really didn't realize that until honestly, a few months ago when I sat in my, in my room crying my eyes out because my biological children are off doing whatever it is they can do to appease with their dads and not giving me holiday time or whatever they're adults like I said they're going all over the place but one of them's going to see dad and and I haven't seen her in months you know and I just kind of was feeling bad for myself I guess (laughs) I was whining about it and I started thinking about this child put so much effort into this man because she really needs him to accept her she knows I love her yeah She knows that she can call me right now and say, Mama, I'm in trouble. Help me. Mm -hmm. And I am there. She doesn't know that he will do that. Yeah. And so I have to, being a mom and being more mature and being in that situation, realize it's not personal towards you, Shelly. Yeah. It's not about you. She loves you. She knows you love her. She's got something going on with him she needs to fix. Right. And like you said, it's not about you. The same thing as a stepmom. It's not. It's not about you. It's what you represent. That's right. And I always told, you know, my stepkids would get mad sometimes. And and one of them in particular, I'm not going to call him out, but one of them in particular would call me mom. And I said, honey, nope. Not that I wouldn't be honored. I I love you, son. But you have a mom. And we're we're not going to disrespect her. We're we're not going to do that. I will be the best Shelly that I can be. You can find whatever nickname you want for me, but but don't disrespect your mother that way. Mm-hmm. Yes. But you know what's the sad thing? A lot of step parents don't want that. They they wouldn't they wouldn't put a stop to things like that. That's what breaks my heart. A lot of step moms. But the reason that we do that, that we don't want to put a stop to it, is because we want so bad for things to be perfect. Yeah. And you just have to accept that perfection comes in the relationship between you and your spouse. It does not lie on the shoulders of those children. Yes. Yep. 100%. Without a doubt. So you mentioned earlier about you being a stepkid. And what was that like? I was one or one and a half when my parents split. Yeah, I, I never knew my parents being together. So I did. I wouldn't have a frame of reference as far as having experienced a life with my mom and my dad because I was too little to remember. But my my sister's father was a a dad to me, not emotionally. And we had a lot of trouble because I I, I was just not having it. But he provided for and took care of us. As an adult, I appreciate what he did more now as an adult. When I was a kid, I hated him. Right. 
you know, felt like he was trying to take my daddy's spot. And, you know, my daddy's spot was never there. My daddy had given it up, but I had to realize that as an adult, right? that children don't have the capacity of understanding that. Mm-hmm. So, but as a child, girl, I, I couldn't stand him. I didn't want to be around him. I didn't have a good relationship with him. I was very quiet. I kept to myself. I stayed in my room. Mm-hmm. But, you know, times were different then, too. My mother allowed him to discipline us or discipline me uh, in ways that we don't allow these days. So, you know, there was a lot of uh, animosity and tension for many reasons mm-hmm. there with him. So, you know, if I did something wrong or, and, and you know, excuse my, my French, but I was the bastard child in the house, and that was in the 80s. In the 80s, that wasn't cool. Yeah. You know, it, it's not, it's a very common now to have blended families, but in the eighties, it wasn't so common. Right. And if you had a child whose father was just altogether not involved in the child's life and not paying child support, and not participating, then you were just an extension of your dad and you were just a black sheep and, and it was just an, a hassle to have you in the family. And that's how I, I was, I was made to feel as a child. And that's a lot of the reason that I left home so young. Now, do you have step-siblings, or are they half-siblings, or both? I did have step-siblings. My mother is, well, she's not married to my sister's father anymore. But um, I do have step-siblings, and I do, my sister is a half-sibling. And then my father had an unsurmountable amount of children. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how many kids he has, but there's three of them that I know of, for sure, um, that are also my half-siblings. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So how many kids did you grow up with as steps or halves? In my household, there was four of us. I had two, a stepsister, a stepbrother, and then my little sister, which is my half sister mm-hmm. and then myself. But we don't, in my family, we don't acknowledge half siblings as half siblings. Right. I know a lot of people do that, but and the best way that I can explain it is my mom birthed my sister and me. We came from the same mother. Right. So there's no half there. Right. We're, we're just, she's just my sister. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's no And when people say half, I'm just like, she's not half of anything. She's my <laughs> whole sister. So, yeah. you know. Yeah, but people have the same defense for stepkid or stepsister. You shouldn't call them different they na- do. names. You shouldn't be, you know, step anything. Yeah, they do. And you know what? It, it individually at the end of the day, Lori, it's whatever works for your household and whatever fits in your household. Exactly. But um, I did have a stepsister once that I called her my sister. I never referred to her as my stepsister. We were very close friends. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in that situation, it's not really any different than I don't know if you have, you know, a, a close enough girlfriend or a best friend or high school friend or whatever that you consider your sister. But she's not. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I have my little soul sisters or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I think it's kind of the same concept with a step sibling because, you know, you just get close to them and, and, and you establish a relationship. And then if they are part of your family, that, that just makes it even better. Right. Do you still stay so. in contact with your stepsister? Um, yeah. Yeah. We, we talk occasionally. She's, she's a pretty, she's a traveling nurse, so she stays pretty busy, but yeah, I mean, I, I still talk to my my stepdads. Mm-hmm. Even though my mom and he are divorced, I still talk with him. He he raised me. He 
we might not have had the best relationship, but if it had not been for him, then my mother would have had it very hard. He, he made sure that I had a home and I had food in my belly and, yeah. and I went to the doctor when I was sick. You know, he was, he was a, he was a father for sure. Yeah. Yep. Maybe not a daddy, but a father for yeah. sure. And you can be and still not be a daddy, like you said. Oh, yeah. You can be a father yep. being a biological. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Well, Shelly, it has been great having you as a guest on our podcast. Well, I've enjoyed it. Thank you. <laughs> I think we're going to have to have you back because stuff kept sliding in there, and I'm like, what? I didn't know that. We need to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, any, and I figured that might be the case because I was like, uh-oh, we're, we're getting off topic. My ADD is kicking in. I was trying so hard for that not to happen, but there are so many subtopics. It was probably me. You know what? There's so many subtopics, and I'm actually working on writing a book myself. So, yeah, it's it's been several years in the works, and and I still got a long ways to go. But at some point in time in the next ten years, I might put it out there. What's your book going to be about? <laughs> a day in the life. You know, it's going to be a little bit about everything. It's going to be about you know step parenting, bio parenting. Mm-hmm. It's going to be about being in marriages, right? Uh, relationships, self growth. Y- yes. And that's so much of this process as a step parent. Oh my God. That's what I was going to say. It is a growth period, honey. Yes. And even now, I don't have the greatest relationship with my step, with my, all of my stepkids. You know, the oldest one and I are fine. The middle one is, is, is on a, an apocalyptic path with me right now. And then, and then the younger one, he's just like, yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. So, it, it doesn't it doesn't stop when they grow up. No, you know, I it mean, changes, <laughs> but it doesn't stop. Yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. It does. But if there is one thing that I can tell parents, either coming into being a step parent, or if you've been a step parent for a while, or a bio parent, look. Ultimately, I know that there are situations where there are deadbeat moms. I know there are situations where there are deadbeat dads, and those situations are clearly very different than just a generalistic parenting situation but just try to no matter how hard it gets no matter how frustrating it seems you know women come into to households and they we're in charge of our homes men are not in charge we are Mm -hmm. because we keep it clean and we keep it cooked and we keep it this and that and the other they go work and we take care of the kids in the house even if you work 40 hours a week women still have more responsibility than men in most situations let's just try to Look, come home and enjoy that you fell in love with your spouse and, and quit worrying about them kids so yep. much and what their other parent is doing. Yes. Because, honey, you are making yourself crazy. Mm-hmm. And your relationship is suffering. And it will. Look, huh, my relationship, and like I said, another time, but my relationship suffered to the capacity that my husband and I split up for a year and a half. We lived in separate homes because I could not deal with my stepkids. Really? Yes, ma'am. 16 months we lived by ourselves. I told him, until this child moves out of this house, I can't live with you because you have to, and again, this goes back to one of the first parts of our conversation. You are your partner's ride or die. You have to, (laughs) you have to be there for your partner. You have to support them. Mm -hmm. And if you as a bio parent to the step parent are not being supportive, your relationship's going to go down the drain and 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 vice versa as a step parent to the bio right going down the drain you guys have to stand beside each other and supportive does not mean taking over 
No, absolutely not. You don't have any room to take over. As Mm -hmm. far as the parenting goes for those children, that is between the biological mom and the biological dad so far as they are both involved in these kids' lives. Yeah. But, yeah, you, but, but you also, you know, and that's, oh, that's where it's so difficult because you also can't let these kids come in and run all over you either. Mm-hmm. So, but, yeah, just like I told you, you know, we had, we had different ideas on how a household should be run. And being a, um, uh, um, what was that we talked about earlier, a, a, a guilty parent? Yeah, guilty parent syndrome, Disney dad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, being a guilty dad, you know, it, there were many a times that he just let the kids run over both of us. And it wasn't just me. It was him, too, you mm-hmm. know, in a, in a means to try to keep the peace with his kids. Yeah. And it just was too much for me. And as a step parent, you don't get it. You don't understand. How can you let this child walk all over you? Well, you know, I was a step kid. I'm a bio mom and I'm a step parent. I try to take all three of those things and put them together in one big pot and make a person of myself. <laughs> so, but I mean, seriously, that's what you have to do. And so, but I just, we just were incompatible in some areas. And I love my husband. I love him. Obviously, we've been together for seven and a half years now. And so we've made it through the hardest part of raising those kids. But it was just too much for everybody. It was too much for him to feel like he was in between me and the kids. Mm-hmm. It was too much for me to feel like I wasn't being heard and then being disrespected on top of that. And it was too much for my kids because they were just like, what in the hell is happening right now? You know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. 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 It's, it's been a whirlwind. <laughs> well, everybody so. listening, we are going to have Shelly back to talk about her and her husband. <laughs> Splitting up for 16 months. Yeah, we can do that. (laughs) All right. I'm serious. We're going to have you back soon. All right. Well, thank you very much for sharing your story. And uh, we will have you back. Thank you so much, Lori. It was a pleasure. Bye-bye. Bye. It was great having Shelly as a guest. And it was so great. That's why I had her back again. (laughs) So in a few weeks, you'll get to hear Shelly again with more information about her blend. (laughs) David? You got anything to say to our listeners? No, I don't have a whole lot to say. It's taken me a, a lot of effort to say anything. Oh. <laughs> so I'm just going to wrap it up. Poor David. Yeah, it's got, you know how when you have that thing where you have to take more breath to, to say something? Well, quit talking. Well, that's what I'm trying to get across. It's like, I'll say something to you and then you're like, what did you say? And I'm like, it's not even worth the breath. I just ain't. Well, this. I've learned it ain't even worth my breath to talk to you at all because I will <laughs> tell you something and honest to goodness, within 30 seconds, you'll ask me the same question. I want to know if you're paying attention. No, you block me out. I'm that's not your of, kid. That's part of nachoing. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm not talking about you youngins. I mean, it could be something as simple as I need to take that to the post office. And then you walk over to the table and say, why is this sitting here? I'm like, because I need to take it to the post office. And under my breath, I say, like I just said. What? But I don't need you to tell me that you need to take something to the post office if I've not asked you that you need to take something to the post office. So you're giving me irrelevant information that you're expecting me to keep for the time that it is irrelevant. You're going to stay upstairs for a longer time <laughs> than you realize. <laughs> you know all those COVID tests? I can draw a line on those things. <laughs> You probably faked them already. You probably, oh, you got COVID still. Too bad. You got to stay upstairs. <laughs> Out of my hair, not pushing my buttons. I'm sleeping really, really good at night. 
<laughs> yeah. I want okay. So when I take the next COVID test, I want to see the results. Okay. Cause I did notice that you had a bit of a smile when you said it this morning. <laughs> uh oh, too bad. You still got it. No, <laughs> that's not what happened. See, you're delusional. Oh, now I'm it delusional. was on the phone. I could hear you laugh on the phone. You couldn't see me smiling. Well, you said, is it good news? And I said, no. But but I heard it. No, you didn't. You, you're like, no. <laughs> I bet if you look it up, part of the COVID symptoms is hearing crap that ain't there. Well, then you've had COVID for years. Oh, my gosh. All right, folks. <laughs> Since David can't talk anymore, I will wrap it up. And wrap I, it up, honey. I will say, stop talking, David. I will say, thanks for listening. And be here next week when David says, my throat still hurts. Let's do it. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening to this episode of the Nacho Kids podcast. Find us online at nachokids.com. Until next time, remember, life is good when you nacho.